planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hello. Hi, Stephen. How are you, mate? Neville. That's it. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. You're gearing up to head back down to Australia in November, and you've been here a ton of times over the years, and, you know, we always look forward to seeing you. What What makes your visits here so special? Well, you know, it's, it's, always, the, it's always the audience that makes the difference. It's always the people. It's always the personalities that make the difference. And uh, Australian audience is always very passionate. They've been very loyal to me over the years. I mean, it took me a long time, you know, to make it out to Australia. The very first time, I think, was mm. maybe about 10 years ago. And I'd already been, you know, making records for the best part of 15, 20 years by then. Um, and I think it's always a surprise when, when I go somewhere for the first time to understand that there are people that have been listening, you know, for years and years and years to the music. And to feel that kind of passion and enthusiasm... You know, and the Aussies are never never shy about expressing that. So it's always an absolute pleasure and honour to come and play for those guys. And we love having you down here, man. It's always uh, such a kick-ass show. And, you know, the funny thing, here's, here's a fun little fact for you. You and I share the same birthday, 3rd of November. No way. Yeah. Not the same year, right? Not the no. same year, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, well, there you go. Scorpios yeah. unite. It's, it's funny, hey, not many 3rd Novembers around. But, um, man, I'm going to be celebrating the, my, well, the 3rd of November, our birthday, at your gig uh, in Brisbane, which is going to be unreal. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. I'll be toasting you from, uh, from the crowd, that's, that's for sure, man. So uh, that'll yeah. be unreal. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and a three-hour set. I mean, even though you love what you do, man, I can imagine that could be quite exhausting, especially... You know, with the meet and greets and travel and everything. How, how do you prepare for that, especially being on the road for so long? Well, yeah, I mean, Australia is going to be quite demanding, obviously, because, you know, because of the, the, the whole jet lag thing and the whole, you know, the, the schedule of traveling and promotion and the, the VIP thing. This is going to be a little bit of new territory for me. Um, so, well, the, the simple answer is that it's not easy. Um, it is very tiring. But... I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position now where the show has been running for the best part of a year now. We started in January, so by the time we get to Australia, the show will have been pretty much running for the best part of a year. And at this stage, it is, it is a very uh, well-oiled machine, if I can put it like that. And I'm very fortunate to have exceptional world-class musicians with me, a fantastic world-class crew. And I'm just a part of that process now. You know, it's... It's kind of an honour to be standing at the centre of this amazing kind of immersive experience that's going on all around me. The projections, the musicianship, the quadraphonic sound, the visuals. And I guess in a way all the hard work was really done, you know, way, way back, long before the show ever actually came to, to, a, to a concert hall. And that, that was the time when I felt really, you know, the pressure. 
But since the show's been out on the road and I know that it works and I know that it's a great show, I am in a way, when I step on stage, I am in a way able to just step back and just enjoy it. Um, and it's, it's been an absolutely amazing uh, experience to bring this show uh, to, to an audience because I'm so proud of it and I know, it, I know it's a great show. So, you know, there are, there are obviously the additional pressures of, of um, you know, the, the whole kind of jet lag thing when you get to Australia. It, feels, it literally feels like you're going on stage at like 7 a.m. in the morning. You know? <laughs> so, uh, um, and three hours is a long time to be playing when you're feeling like that. But as always, the audience will lift me, and the audience will lift us all. I mean, the stage show, as you said, you, you mentioned you know, the quadraphonic sound and everything like that. I mean, that's not something that you just go and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. So, like, a lot of planning, I'm sure. When you first started doing that with the show, did you find that, you know, you had to work out a couple of little bugs and stuff like that, or did you have it down to a T before you took it out on the road? Well, you know, there's one thing you can never really... Uh, there are certain things you can never be sure are going to work until you actually do it in front of an audience. You can rehearse as much as you like. And, I, you know, I, I would say that 85% of it was there, but the other 15% was kind of changing from night to night, let's say for the first two or three weeks that we were on the road. For example, I was switching songs out, changing the order around... Uh, reprogramming some of the lighting cues and stuff. Mm. There are certain things you can't gauge until you actually have that mirror that is the audience. And they kind of reflect the show back at you in a way. And you can see, ah, okay, that doesn't quite work. Or, ah, okay, that song seems to be in the wrong place. Which I think I, you kind of feel like you're losing the audience. And that mm. tells you that maybe... The sequencing isn't quite right. You know, and I'm a great believer in sequencing a show. The same reason, the, the same reasons I like to think very hard about how I sequence an album to be a very satisfying musical journey, I'm also very focused on the idea that the show uh, should be sequenced in exactly the right way to provide the most satisfying musical journey for the audience. And that definitely was something that was tweaked over a period of the first two or three weeks. But I think we've got it now, and it's, it's kind of... To, right now, I feel like the show is bulletproof, and that's, that's something that's come from, from experience. It's quite a task. <laughs> that's why I pose the question. It's like, it blows my mind how dudes like yourself um, put shows like that together. It's something that I don't think anyone should miss, especially with the effort and the heart that's been put behind it. You know, I, I can't wait. It's going to be just unreal uh, everyone looks forward to seeing you because everyone knows here you know that you put so much time and effort into your, your sets and another thing is you're touring in support of uh, your latest album To The Bone which is, some of my favourite tracks on there like Song of I and Blank Tate have the female vocals will you be playing those on this run? Absolutely well um, uh, without giving too much away we have of virtual singer on stage, shall we say. I don't want to give too much away, but there's a visual aspect to the show, which means that even if the singer in question is not physically present, they are still present. So certainly we do play uh, that, that material, yeah. So you'll have to wait and see how we put it off. Exciting, man. And of course, you're playing uh, some Porcupine Tree stuff as well. How does that incorporate into your set of your solo band material? Well, you know what, I do, yeah, it's, a, it's a totally valid question, don't get me wrong, but I don't necessarily think of, I don't, I don't necessarily think in the same terms. For me, 
all of the songs I've written over the years, whether they've been, you know, originally recorded by Blackfield or Porcupine Tree or my solo solo mm. project, me, at this stage in my career, having been writing songs for 30 years or so now, they're just all Stephen Wilson songs. And whether they were originally recorded by one project or another, it doesn't seem so relevant to me now. So I just, I don't necessarily think of it as, oh, this is a Porcupine Tree song, this is a Stephen Wilson song. Because even those songs that people associate with Porcupine Tree, they existed before they were recorded by Porcupine Tree. I wrote them and they were my Mm -hmm. songs. So I don't necessarily think um, in such discrete terms, like this is this and this is that. And I guess what I do now is I just look at my whole body of work and I choose the songs I want to play. And some of those songs are songs that were originally recorded by Porcupine Tree. Some of them were originally recorded by Blackfield. And we're doing a Blackfield song at the moment in the show. And some were, are obviously from, from my more recent solo era. So to me, it all feels like one body of work now. And I feel like I'm reclaiming all of those songs and just putting them under this one big umbrella that this, these are my songs. I really love that. Mm. I love that way you're, uh, you're approaching that, man. And, you know, you wrote the soundtrack for uh, The Last Day of June, the game. What mm. drew you to that project? I mean, that's really interesting. Uh, is that something you want to do more of, like soundtracks and, and stuff like that? I'd love to. I mean, to be perfectly honest, that is a project which kind of dropped in my lap. And, you know, after years of saying that my biggest, uh, you know, unfulfilled ambition was to score a movie... Along came something which wasn't a movie, but in some respects was very similar. Um, it's a very, I mean, if, if you've seen the game, it's a very beautiful, mm. very cinematic game. Yeah. And, and I, I, honestly, I'd be lying if I said I actually put a lot of thought into it, because actually the, the people who were writing the game wanted to use mostly existing music anyway. So all I really had to do was kind of remix and re-edit some of my existing music to kind of fit the game. So it was almost it was almost like a ready-made soundtrack. But on the other, you know, but but nevertheless, it was a really fulfilling process. And I have to say that I think the combination of the music and, and the visuals in the game works absolutely beautifully. And I was I was actually moved to tears the first time I saw. Uh, you know, the visuals and the music working together. I couldn't believe how, how beautifully they kind of mesh together. So I would, the simple answer to your question is I would love to do more. And, of course, I would still love to do that elusive movie project if, if something would come along. If you could pick a, a project, whether it be drama, sci-fi or biopic or something, if, what, what speaks to you? What's something that, you know, speaks to you and your work? Oh, wow. Um, well, you know what? I, I re- I'm a big fan of, of what I would call, um, well, I don't know what I would call them now. I mean, the, the sort of sci-fi, which is not I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the sort of Star Wars sci-fi. I'm, I'm more of a fan of the more kind of psychological sci-fi movies. So, for example, I'm a massive fan of Christopher Nolan's movie Inception. Mm. Um, and I'm a big fan of the Jonathan Glazer movie called Under the Skin, if you know that movie. I sure do. Very, very, almost poetically surreal. You know, very much earthbound in a way, but of course dealing with very kind of, um, um, sci- you know, sci-fi kind of subject matter in a way. And I, I would love to do 
I would love to do something very, very kind of beautiful and poetic like that. Almost like it has a, has a, almost like a dreamlike quality to it. And I think the music would, would suit that really well. Oh, absolutely. As soon as you said those two directors, that's why I was going to say Christopher Nolan especially. He's yeah. just got a way visually. Is that something that you think is on the cards? Like, have you heard from his people or anything like that or any directors? Well, like you know, <laughs> the thing about... The, the unfortunate thing for me is a lot of these guys, people like Christopher Nolan, and you know, um, they have their guy, you know, and Christopher Nolan's guy is Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer does all Christopher Nolan's right. soundtracks, and he has, and he has a great relationship with Hans Zimmer. And I love those soundtracks: the Inception soundtrack, the Interstellar soundtrack, some of my favourite soundtrack movies, uh, soundtrack music ever. So I think probably what would be more likely is I would love to work with an up-and-coming director. I would love to work with the Christopher Nolan of the future, and actually become someone that would have a connection with a young director quite early on in his career and actually forge that kind of connection and relationship that, say, Christopher Nolan has with Hans Zimmer or, or say, Danny Elfman has with... with um, um, Tim Burton. His name's Tim, Tim, Tim Burton, his name's... Yeah. Tim Burton. Yeah, those kind of relationships that directors have with musicians, I think they're so important because you see how strong the kind of combination of visual and audio becomes when you have that kind of longer-term connection with a, with a composer and with a filmmaker. So I would, what I would love to do is to meet someone just at the beginning of their career and forge that kind of connection and relationship. And it be so interesting to see uh, how that influences you as well, like somebody else from a different you know, art form and how they influence and get that out of you as well. I think that would be pretty exciting from a musician's point of view too. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you know, I'm a frustrated filmmaker. I always have been. Um, when I was a kid growing up, I was as much in love with cinema as I was, as I was with music. Mm. So I've always had that. And I, and I think you can, you can tell this from, you know, from listening to the music. There is a very strong visual aesthetic that goes along with the music. There's a lot of storytelling. There's Absolutely. a lot of visual, there's a lot of kind of visual um, suggestion coming through in the music. And I think that's, you know, very logical for me that I would kind of take that into, into the world of cinema. And, I'm, you know, I am a frustrated film director. I don't have the talent <laughs> to direct films, but I, would lo- but I think I would be a very good collaborator with someone that does. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's, uh, I hope it, come, I hope it uh, comes your way, man, because I think that's... You and me uh, both, mate. You and yeah. me both, mate, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, what's next for you after the uh, Australian tour? Well, I have a, um, a concert of the, a film of the concert is coming out exactly the same week I arrive in Australia. There's a Blu-ray and DVD being released of the shows we did in London uh, earlier this year. So I'm going to be doing some promotion for that um, over the next couple of months. That's called Home Invasion. Uh, it's the full, the full show as recorded in London in March this year. And, I'm all, and then apart from that, I'm, I'm, I'm now working on some new music and some new ideas, you know, trying to... I'm kind of in what I call the research and development stage, which is I'm mm-hmm. trying to find the direction I want to go in because it's always very important to me to feel like every album um, is an, has got some kind of evolution from the previous album. I'm not interested in repeating myself. So I'm kind of looking for that that 
sort of direction right now, experimenting, going up to the studio every day, trying things out, throwing a lot of stuff out, you know, but, but beginning to find things that I feel could point to the future direction. Mm. So right at, right at the beginning, if you like, of that, of that whole process starting again, of the album cycle starting again. Oh, excellent, man. Excellent. Well, uh, all the best for the coming tour, man, and, and uh, of course, uh, what you've got cooking up in, in the studio. And, you know, happy birthday for November 3rd as well, bro. <laughs> you too, mate. You too. We'll celebrate it on stage, as you said. Yeah, it'll be uh, unreal, man. Thank you so much again for taking the time to talk to us the show. And, man, I hope to talk to you again in the future about more uh, projects. My pleasure. Cheers, Neville. Have a great day, mate. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 